This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon, a unique blend of hunting, fishing, wildlife conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Taurus, award-winning pistols and revolvers. Mossberg, American built, American strong. Habit, our gear, your adventure. Welcome to another episode of DSC's Campfires, and I've got a very, truly special guest with me this morning, one of the three amigos of which two of them are sitting here, and Mr. Zumbo is uh, back here in the back taking a shower, and we'll get him on here in just a little bit. Rick, it is such a pleasure to be here with you. We're on a piece of property that you've had things to do with in terms of hunting and fishing, and, and uh <laughs> We had a guy that drove how many miles to come here to go? 1,261 miles. Which we heard about numerous times. We did. Yeah. Zumbo, uh, he repeats himself a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, he drove down from Wapiti, Wyoming to be here close to uh, Tishomingo, I guess, is probably as close a place as there yeah, is. Yeah, we're so. actually in Melbourne. Uh, actually, I think we're in Nida. Oklahoma, mm. at the Flying Pistols Ranch, which used to be my daughter's uh, ranch. Sold it to two of my best friends, reserved lifetime fishing and hunting rights, and so we're we're still here. I use it a lot. It's a it's a special piece of property to me. Seven hundred and one acres of. I can Paradise. tell you, as as a wildlife biologist who's worked with a lot of different properties, to where I look at the vegetation, the terrain, the soil types, and a few of the animals. But I'm telling you, this is as good as there is when it comes to anything having to do with wildlife. We're talking about everything from white-tailed deer to to grasshoppers and birds and the habitat with the terrain that you have, with the variation of the great variety of vegetation. Oh. 
I'm the, jealous. The diversity is, is amazing. <laughs> I, I brought a uh, bottle dish here when Miranda first bought the, the place uh, from Noble Foundation. Oh, yeah. Young guy, an Aggie, of course. Well, of course. And he told me that this is one of the most uh, diversely uh, special places for wildlife that he had ever seen. He said, I look at ranches every day. And this is uh, one of the best I've ever. Oh, there's no doubt. This is this is heaven as far as I'm concerned. Now, years ago, you got into turkey hunting, and that's what we're going to do this one about. We'll come back. I'll come up close to Lindale here, not to get up that way every once in a while, and going to be coming that way a little bit more often. We'll talk about a bunch of other things there because I want to come by. You've got a couple of different businesses you're dealing with yeah, right I've there. I've got the Red 55 <laughs> Winery there and uh, the Ponderosa Poorhouse uh, Brewery and the Pink Pistol Women's Boutique. It's, I call it the estrogen uh, <laughs> Uh, estrogen tsunami because it, it's <laughs> all tsunami. sparkle and pink and and when men walk in there they they walk back out and smoke a cigarette outside like they're in the uh, maternity ward you know so I built a, a real manly Hemingway's uh, tasting room with big thick tables and all my trophies from all over the world and and uh, <laughs> it's six thick with women on the weekend so I just go up there and have a good time you know? I, I knowing you well I know that you're having a fabulous time and I got a feeling all those ladies that are coming in are leaving there pretty much with a smile on their face when they do. And a case of wine. And a case of wine. <laughs> even better. Even better. And and the poor house is not it's not P-O-O-R. Well, it's P-O-U-R-H-O-U-S-E. By the time I got it finished I started to just go ahead and P-O-O-R it. I know you called me and you said, I think we've got to change the name of it. <laughs> Off the background, you can hear Rody. Rody is uh, a most interesting little dog. It's kind of yeah, to say the least. You several years ago, and continues to do that. I think. Yeah, I picked him up on a on the side of a road. That's why he's called Rody. He right. it as a double entendre mm -hmm. because a Rody is somebody that helps in the music business, and uh, he didn't mention the fact. But I'm kind of in the music business. My daughter's Miranda Lambert, and uh, I spent some time on the road with her. So I was a Rody at one time. Yes, myself. you were by golly anyway somebody dumped him six miles from nowhere and he wound up being my sidekick for life so oh my goodness well we're going to go with some of this we were talking we've been fishing for the last couple of days and spending a lot more time laughing i think at different things and in uh but we talked about a lot of that, and I know mr zumbo as well too loves turkeys but you really got hooked on trying to get as many of the different turkey species as you could, did you not? I finished out my World Slam um, in Florida back in March uh, with an Osceola. I've killed three of my turkeys with Ted Jaycox out of Florida, uh, the outfitter. Great guy. Uh, I've known Ted yeah. for years and years. My, two, my, my oscillated, my ghouls, and my Osceola came from Tim. Uh, luckily, I was with the really expert guide in uh, Montana to kill my Miriams. That would be Jim. <laughs> he was he was my guide on that thing, and he did a good job. I doubled on twin gobblers up there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, in, I mean, within three seconds of each other. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Oh, I can't And then I imagine. killed my Rio 
uh, with you and Jim down in South Texas. Uh, down, And that was a good bird, too. Yes, it was. And you it worked was. for that bird, as I recall. Yeah, I did. Yep. Seriously I, worked I for that bird. I called him in, and, and I, it, was a, it was a pretty long, drawn-out thing, but I got him. But I've got all my turkeys, except the Osceola. I hadn't gotten him back, but all my turkeys are at full strut uh, mounted, and I've got them displayed in the Red 55 winery. And a lot of people say, why so many turkeys? Because they're all different. They're all varied turkeys, and I tell them, you know, where each turkey came exactly. from. Exactly. Tell them a little bit about the hunt, you know. So, what did you use, and when you were hunting? I, I, I kind of, I kind of know this already. So, Miss Linda, if you're listening, Miss Linda Powell, pay attention. <laughs> Linda Powell, I love Linda Powell. I do too. You uh, know that. You know, Linda, Jim. Was, Linda was with Remington for a long time, but now she's with Mossberg. And several years ago, I pulled a stupid man trick by driving a screwdriver through a steel barrel with my fist, with a hammer laying. A few feet away, <laughs> oh and I damaged my hand so badly that I could not shoot for a year. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and uh, so I I called Linda and I said, Linda, turkey season's coming up, but I cannot shoot that that twelve gauge eight thirty five with three and a half inch shells that I was used to hunting turkeys with. Right. I said, Can you help me out? And God bless her. God bless her little Florence Nightingale heart. She had a custom-made turkey thug 20-gauge, little short thing, 20-gauge, camouflage with an AR-type stock. Oh, yes. So Because I could not put my thumb, and I still have trouble putting my thumb around a regular gun stock. So this had a pistol grip on it and and an adjustable... uh, you know, adjustable stock. And I want to tell you, I love that gun. I don't hunt with anything but that gun anymore. And I've shot several turkeys at 40 yards with it. Uh, I, I, I try to use that federal TSS stuff, and it uh, it works real good. That does work real good. I just got a little over and under 410. Yes. And with some of the 410, I've not shot a turkey in a long time. I've been on a bunch of turkey hunts, but I generally just go and... Yeah, we've had discussions about that. We've got to, we've got to revert you back to uh, turkey. Uh, you you kill all those big, hairy animals. <laughs> well, know? I like those animals that have big teeth, you know, big claws, <laughs> and big antlers or horns and all, and have hair. But I used to hunt turkeys a lot, and I, most of them were shot with those. Uh, Mossberg 835. Oh, yeah. God, I shot a lot. Man, of that's a wonderful, there. wonderful turkey gun. <clears throat> oh, it is. It, but I knew with, with my arm like it was. Yeah. I mean, it's got some whomp to it with those three and a half inch shells. <laughs> oh, my God. But I, I, use those, I use three inch 20 gauge in that in that little, and it's so light, fun to carry. I'm just, I'm fond of it. I, I don't take a turkey hunting picture without my gun in it. Nope. As a matter of fact, I've got it's several a partnership. pictures. partnership. Yes. <laughs> Well, this 410, you know, now they're making these these shot shells, 410s, where they're killing turkeys. Absolutely. And I've shot years ago when I was with Thompson Center. I finally called in a gobbler. I knew, I'd patterned that was 12 or 14-inch barrel with 410, and I knew I had to get that bird within 12 yards. Right. What I had available Absolutely. to me. And I finally got this bird to come in to where he was about 10 steps away. And I ended up shooting with with a 410 contender back when. But I think I'm going to, that 410 with that, it's a cool looking little gun. It's sleek. It's oh, comfortable. Yeah. You know, and all those kind of things. So I think maybe this coming year, I'm going to have to go back and do a little bit of serious turkey hunting and probably be using that one. I might, I might. 
try the 410. I'm, I'm a, a big fan of sub-gauge shotguns. Yes. I don't shoot 12-gauge at anything except sandhill cranes, yeah. geese, and occasionally ducks. But even a 20-gauge with duck hunting is what I like. So I love sub-gauge guns, particularly 28-gauge. But uh, I might consider getting one of those 410. Yeah. And that comes guns. with, I have not had a chance to shoot it. I actually bought two of them, and we're, I'm donating one to uh, uh the Texas Wildlife Association, their their pack thing. But uh, it comes with, I think, five different chokes. And I've just gotten them, so I hadn't had a chance to get them out. And I just got some 410 shells again. And uh, so I'm not sure, but I got a feeling with the right choke in there. Is that the Mossberg over That's the Mossberg over now, the silver and it, the gold. Is it wood uh, woodstock? Mine, or is it the... mine or woodstock, because yeah. I like wood. And yeah, these I have to be too. pretty, pretty nice I'm pieces pretty of wood on them. Yeah. So we need to, and they're they're not overly expensive as well either. So no, that's I mean I love Mossberg because they are affordable for it. I've got some pretty fine guns, but Mossberg is dependable. It's 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 a working man's gun. Oh, no, it is. Guns. And uh, that little that little gun is just my compadre. It's, it's like Rody, <laughs> sidekick, you know. <laughs> well, you know, most of those guns are made in Eagle Pass, Texas. Well, that's great. That's great. That makes it even better. I one of the, I was talking with Linda about all that, and I said because years ago they started a, a lower price line called Maverick. Right, and I remember the, all the Ma- and I, I visited well. the uh, Maverick facilities there in, in Eagle Pass years ago, and so I, I said, Linda, by chance, did they still do anything down in Eagle Pass? She just started smiling. She said, Larry, almost all of our guns come from there. I think the the over under, I think they're produced in Turkey, but everything else, yeah. the rifles like the Patriot that I love, I've been shooting those and just got off a really good bear hunt with Linda on that one, and. Uh, so I've been shooting their guns now for a while, and when I found out they were made in Texas, I'm going. Absolutely, like that, that makes it like even this. better. Yeah, I uh, like I say I'm very, very fond of Linda Powell. I've two of my turkeys in uh, Mexico, both of them ghouls and oscillated. I, I was hunting with Linda when I killed them, and uh, that made it even more special. And of course, that that girl, she is. A, She's the Annie Oakley of the sporting world. Oh my gosh! She she shot so much stuff; it's amazing. But she's a wonderful person to be in camp with. She is. I, I, like you, I've known Linda since you went to work for uh, Remington, and of course, she and Jim spent a lot of time together. When yeah, Jim how was, many hunts? Seventy-two uh, hunts yeah, that they've had hunts. together. Because oh, <laughs> Zumbo was doing all his TV stuff, Remington was their sponsor, and so she and and Jim got to do a whole lot of stuff together. I just probably the episode right prior to this one is one I did with her in bear camp. And when she first got into the industry, she had not really hunted a whole lot of stuff to start with. And she went on a couple of different bear hunts in Maine. And then when she talked about whitetails, I invited her to come to Texas to hunt whitetail. So I took Linda on our first, oh, her first right? whitetail hunt in Texas years ago. So, and then I was with all kinds of different gun companies, primarily the Thompson Center and then with Rigger for a long, long time. And finally just decided I didn't want to go shoot, you know, a variety of guns. And so I called Linda and I said, uh, that's because she had told me, she said, anytime you decide you want to do something with our gun, she said, I'd love to. And I thank the world of her. So I called her. And so that's one of the reasons I'm back with, the, or I'm with her in terms of Mossberg. And they graciously sponsor this podcast, among other things. And, and uh, I'm, I'm thrilled because I thank the world of her. I know her 
boss's boss real well too from years ago so it's, it's kind of like old home week whenever we get a chance to yeah. sit and talk a little yeah. bit there tell me about now you've, you've you've hunted the different species of birds what was your least favorite of those to hunt and which one and then i want to come back and ask you what your most favorite was and i'm talking I, they're all fun i don't mean it that way. i tell you man or the toughest maybe in campeche Mexico in the uh, Yucatan Peninsula, you hunt oscillated. Yes. Now, oscillated. If you don't know what an oscillated turkey is, folks, it it looks more like a peacock than it does a turkey. It does. They don't have a beard. They got extremely long uh, spurs, and uh, they're beautiful. They're they're so ugly. They're beautiful. They have uh, these nodule, <laughs> these orange nodules on their blue head, and it's you know when you first see one out in the wild, it's like. Good, not this is a rainbow bird, you know. <laughs> and uh, but we had to hunt those. Now, I understand from Jim that uh, Zumbo hunted when he hunted oscillated with Linda down there. You had to go and find where they roosted, get there early in the morning, and shoot them out of a tree. Exactly. Now you shoot them out of a tent, a tent blind, right. But I'm going to tell you, those little Mexican guys work so hard with their machetes every morning, and and they they brush those blinds in so well that you had a a slot about that big to shoot right. at it, and it's 110, 115 degrees in those tents, and you hunt them just like hunting deer. You sit there all day, and you can't call them. They had. They had some actual recordings of the sound that those birds make, and they don't sound anything no, 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 they don't. like a turkey, folks. Uh, it kind of got a rumble to it, and uh, they they had recordings of those. And he would stick a boombox out the window <laughs> about every thirty minutes or so and do that. <laughs> and finally, on the fifth day, uh, I mean, I lost a lot of sweat. I bet you did. And uh, on the fifth day, one came around the corner, and he said, "Shoot, shoot." I mean, just no time at all. So I, I put the gun out the window and shot. I was, Linda had brought all the guns. I right. was using one of their, I think it was a 940 uh, um, series of 12 gauge. I, I shot it. We were shooting the TSS shells. And man, he busted out of there and ran down there. And uh, I was pretty excited that I got one. And he looked up and said, I'm sorry, senor. Senorita. He was telling me I killed a, a hen. I was mad. Oh, God. How did you let me kill a hen? I got down there, and he, he was just he laughing just at me. <laughs> yeah, it was a good bird. But that was, besides being in the camp with Linda and another good friend of mine, Jeff Johnson, that was oh, here Jeff, with the That's right. Day. Jeff was in a, on that yeah, night, he too. Was, yeah. Uh, and the food, and the you know, we were in a little farming town of 200 people. It was interesting. Yes. It was interesting, but... Man, miserable. You talking about miserable in that tent for days. Uh, I did get to see a brocket deer while I was there, but you I, didn't, did. I didn't have a license for it. So. I've, I've hunted brocket deer, I think, pretty much in the same area where you were and, and was very fortunate to take one while I was there. But you're right. It was just hot and miserable. And uh, that jungle, though, is, is fascinating in its own way. And of course, we were sitting on water holes a lot, and so we got to see tape here. And then oh, every man. night that we were sleeping in hammocks actually and off way off the ground and every night there'd be jaguar tracks underneath your hammock 
When Are you, you kidding me? Know, I'm not, wow. I'm not kidding at all, but the food was fantastic. We were close to an old uh, town called Pasajal, which was one of the first towns that, that the Spaniards established, like, oh, my God, in the 1500s or something like that. And it was in existence until about 1953 is when they finally moved out. And so we were hunting the entire time either around the, the Mayan ruins or the ruins that and the ghost town, town that yeah. ghost town, cool stuff. That's cool. that's real cool. I, I really want to go back uh, to me the brocket deer. I love the smaller animals, it's like even in Africa. But the dick dicks and yeah, all the, that, yeah, yeah, the dick dicks and the dikers and that little brocket deer. If you're not familiar with, there's a gray dike, gray and a red. The red's a little bit smaller and a little bit, a little bit rarer. But a really big one will weigh about forty pounds and will have the spikes maybe about five six. And inches you hunt them with a shotgun. You hunt them with a shotgun. Shotgun, exactly. The one I shot, I did. I shot with a shotgun, and it was it was a, it was a, a shotgun they had in camp, and it was an eighteen uh, eight thirty five. Yeah, Mossberg. But God, that was fun. But that was that was a that's a pretty miserable hunt. But it, it was a, I was in good company, and we stayed in a, you know not a real fancy camp, but it was comfortable, right. and, and the food was they had oh, man. they had three obese. Big jolly Mexican guys cooking, and they cooked shrimp with every meal. I mean, big prawns, you know. Oh my! And it was it was it was it was it was great, but it was miserable out there in that tent, you know. Oh my gosh! But my favorite had to be when I I did the double with Jim Zumbo. Oh yeah, I can you know, understand like I say, that. We're the three amigos, me, <laughs> right, you, and right. and. Uh, Jim did a great job of calling them up for me. And I said, which one do I shoot, Jim? He said, shoot them both. Shoot them both. <laughs> and they were twins. I mean, they matched. Oh, and, my uh, goodness. I was going to get them mounted together until I found out it was going to cost me $400 to ship them to my uh, uh, to your taxidermist in Arkansas. So <laughs> I, just, I just chose one. And yeah. <laughs> I've got him mounted. And uh, what do you think? It, what is it about turkey hunting that you like? Because I know you like to hunt. Period. Yes, you know, I, I know you like to fish as well too. But what? What's so special about turkey hunting to you? I like the challenge of calling them up. I'm like you. I, my preference is shoot them in the face at yeah. less than twenty yards. Yeah. I mean, I want I want that challenge of getting them up there. I usually use a slate call. I never have mastered the a mouth call for turkeys. Uh, sometimes I nearly choke to death trying to use one. But uh, I, and I use box calls. So right. I love a slate call because yeah. I can choose what sounds yeah, I want to make. Yeah, you can. And I like to, and you can I like, do yeah, this. I, I like to do those little purrs. Yeah, oh, my gosh. I like to pretend I'm a hen, you know, and get the guy interested in me. So, anyway, <laughs> that, that's what I like to do is, uh, is, is call them up. I shot my first turkey from a deer blind, like a lot of people do in Texas. In Texas, you can shoot them with a rifle. Yeah, exactly. And I was, uh, I was watching a deer feeder, and I, I shot my first turkey with a 243. And then I started taking 22 magnums with me to the, to the deer blind. But when I finally went with somebody that knew how to call them, uh, that's when I really fell in love with it. Because, I mean, you got to be real still. You get, there's some stealth to it. And uh, it's just a challenge to me. I, that's why I love turkey. The only thing I don't like about it is rattlesnake season. 
and tick season. So, and the the ones down in Florida with the cottonmouth moccasins down there. The cottonmouth is one snake that scares me. It really truly does. They're nasty. Oh my God! And you can smell them, and they're aggressive, and, and all those other kind of good things. But uh, yeah, to me, the turkey hunting, I, I love anything where I'm calling. That's this thing I use a lot of mouth calls. Natural messing with white-tailed deer and yes, all those kind of yeah. things, and to me that challenge is getting that animal in close or rattling. And I think that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed turkey hunting way back when. But then I got really tied up in bear hunting, and a lot of times those seasons coincided, or I had X amount of dollars that I could spend. And well, do I go on a turkey hunt or do I go on a bear? Yeah. I'm going on a bear hunt. Kind yeah. of like. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you got a collection of bear rugs, and, <laughs> and thank you for the oh, you're that, right. that, that last one you sent the bear rug to me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the last he, one he reclines is... on my couch where my dog sleeps. Perfect. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably have another one before too long. Yeah, I bro. bet you will. I bet you will. Let, let's talk a little bit about Red Fifty Five. How did that come about? Uh, because. These guys produce the finest wine, as far as I'm concerned, anywhere in, in not just in, in the country. And the country, to me, has expanded <laughs> tremendously in terms of the description of the area. But how did the Red 55 come about? Well, let me say, first of all, we do have great wine for the price point. Oh, my gosh. Our wines yeah. are priced, you know. Twenty dollars is mostly well, twenty four dollars for our Malbec, but right. our wines are very uh, good on the price point. Because my daughter told me, Dad. I don't want these priced out of the reach of my demographics. Right. And my demographics are college kids and young adults. Right. You know, so I don't ever want you to price any of these wines out of their reach. And so that's why and, and I had a chef tell me that my Malbec should be oh, high priced. It's and, fabulous. Uh, I said, can't do it. And my daughter won't allow it. Her people to drink it, but we started out. Uh, my wife, we Miranda was out with George Strait on tour, and George likes to drink some wine. And uh, my my wife was out with him, and and he asked my wife. He said, "I've got some." This guy from California said, "I've got a wine line." He said, "You think you could get some of my wine in George's bus?" Yeah, and she said. Well, I'm sure I can, and she accommodated him, and she got to thinking. We had the Miranda Lambert uh, gift shop there in Lindale. Right. She said, why couldn't we be selling our own wine? Well, one reason was it's a dry town, and there were 33 ministries within a 10-mile radius of downtown. So when I eventually did get in there, I was Satan for quite a while in that town until they found out that it wasn't any ordinary beer joint. I'm, You know, I'm an old... 30-something year cop, so it, it, we didn't turn it into a beer joint. It was a <clears throat> tasting room. Right. But uh, so we started doing, I think our, we, the fun part was uh, the research, you know. We oh, yes. go around all these wineries. We were just going to get a private label, and uh, I think our first order of wine was four cases when we finally settled on a winery. Right. And eventually person that owned that winery became my winemaker she she went through a divorce i remember that yes i got the winemaker from her so that's how we started out but we've grown we do eight to ten thousand cases a year now and cases uh, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good sized winery in texas we've been very successful with it uh recently heb picked up a couple of our varietals and that is a is a home run in the wine business. Yes. So, but it's fun. It's fun. Our our tasting room, we do 
I'd be embarrassed to tell you how much money we do in a tasting room in a town of 5,000 people. <laughs> but our we draw people from all over the world because of my daughter's popularity. And uh, literally 50,000 visitors a year come into Lindale. Because oh, my of gracious. How fantastic. Yeah. And we make a lot of money out of that tasting room. Plus our tasting room. I've been told by a lot of people that that's one of the best in Texas. Well, you guys do such a classy job on everything you do. So that that's, that explains it right there as far as I'll I'm give, concerned. I'll give credit to my wife there. I can't take it. I'm not a classy guy. <laughs> yeah, you are, but in your own way. <laughs> what do you got coming up here in the next oh, several months that you're looking forward to? Well, I just got back from Alberta. Uh, on fe- oh, yes. On, fe- on February the 6th, I was hunting timber wolves in uh, far northern Alberta. We were 100 miles from the uh, uh, north, uh, Northwest from the, Territories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were deep, deep in the wilderness. And I killed my my uh, wolf the second day. Beautiful 96-pound male. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the guy had said it was one of the prettiest wolves he had killed that year. So two days later, I was hunting again, and I, was, I had watched a lynx for about four hours on the baits. Oh, and, uh, but it started getting dark, and I said, you know, I'm not going to make the guide come get me back here. We were like 75 miles from a house. It was that much wilderness, two foot of snow on the ground. And I, so I started walking, and I had to cross this stream. I had a bad knee, so I was being very careful. Stepped out on that ice. Both feet went up in the air. I hit the ice, fell on my rifle. The pain was horrible, and uh, so th- it's a long story about that. But uh, he eventually came to pick me up and noticed I was wounded. So now I've got a hurt shoulder that I'm going to have to have some work done on. But my next thing, I have been privileged to be invited to the Wyoming Governor's One Shot Antelope Hunt. And and if you don't know much about that, it's it's an offhand shoot. I mean, you can use grass, a rock, stuff like that, but you cannot use a hat, a backpack, anything like if, that. If God didn't put it there, you can't use it. You've been there and done <laughs> oh, that. I did it last That's year. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, if I could convince them that God makes cowboy hats, I'd just use that. But <laughs> well, I tried to do that. That didn't work. He, I know it does in Texas. It does know? absolutely. But. Uh, that is my next thing. Oh, if man. I get to go, I won't know until this Thursday whether or not I'm going to have to have surgery on my. I, I was going to tough it out. That hadn't worked on this one. Well, and unfortunately, a lot of times you have to shoot prone there. Yeah. So getting down on the ground and then taking that full recall or even being able to get your arm up because yeah. when you have shoulder problems, it's hard to get your arm I'm up to where you, you can really need up to. Up to here. I mean, you yeah. can see I went doing that. You've had to. Treat me like an invalid on this trip. You know? <laughs> well, we it, it kind of works out where all three of us kind of take care of each other <laughs> yeah, when we're together yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah. We're the, uh, we, we might be the three amigos, but I think we're actually the, <laughs> the aches and pains club at this at this stage in our life. <laughs> yeah, but we're still getting to do it, by we God. Are. That's, that's well, we're going to do it until we can Amen. anymore. I had that God. doctor, uh, he was going to do an MRI on me, and I said, Doc, you can't put me in an MRI machine. He said, why? I said, I got 11 uh, uh, number six pellets in my body, and uh, they told me never get in an MRI machine. He oh, looked no. at me kind of sideways, and I said, I got a. 
I got a defibrillator from uh, having a South African tick fever from killing And he said, I've learned two things here. He said, I've learned why I don't hunt. Oh gosh! And I've and and I think you're about the toughest sob <laughs> I've ever worked on. I said I'm not tough. I'm just lucky, you know. Uh, yes, sir. But uh, he said, "When are you going to quit hunting?" I said, "When I die." That's the way I am. By golly, we're going to have to wrap this thing up. Unfortunately, and I'll I'll come up to Lindale here for too long because do that. Uh, Lindale, Texas, folks. The Pink and, Pistol, Red 55, and Ponderosa Poorhouse. And is there a website or something that people can go to if they want to? You can go to, to MirandaLambert.com and, and read my life. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, Rick, thank you so very much for everything. By golly, thank you for Love being with you, buddy. It's, it's mutual. You're it's one mutual. of my heroes. We'll do this again very quickly. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us this morning. We look forward to seeing you right back here next week on DSC's Campfires with Larry Weissin. Thank you so very much for joining us. DSC's Campfires has also been brought to you by the Crown Bar in the Grange and Round Top, Texas, Texas Wildlife Association, Double Nickel Taxidermy, H3 White Till Solutions, and Burnham Brothers Game Calls. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.